I have Second uh, Peter chapter 1, verses 16 through 21. I'll be reading from the New International Version. Uh, verse 16 begins, For we did not follow cleverly devised stories when we told you about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in power, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. He received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came to him from the majestic glory, saying, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on the sacred mountain. <clears throat> we also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable, and you will do well to pay attention to it as to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things, for prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but prophets, though human, spoke, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So ends the New Testament reading, the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Ever-equipping God, as I speak, may you increase and I decrease. May the words you have given me for this message be seeds that rest in our hearts that we might bear fruit here on earth for you. May I be bold and courageous in speaking what it is you've given me to speak. And may we as your people have ears that hear. This is our prayer in the name of Jesus the Christ. Amen. Can you imagine what it's like? The house was about maybe 2,000 square feet, and in the immediate family, there are 75 to 80 people. Do you know what it felt like for 10 days to have 75 or 80 people come rowing in, food coming in, people going out, conversations? In fact, I want to tell you that my brother-in-law and I are sitting on one couch, and I looked over across the way at my brother-in-law, and he and his wife were just laughing. And I looked at them, and they looked back at me, and they were laughing because of the chaos of the conversation in the room. There were so many people talking about so many different things that you couldn't even track one conversation by listening. You know, these were over here, and those were over there, and these were here. And, and throughout the whole house, as packed in as we were, there were a, as many people in there, there were at least that many conversations going on, and we just had a good laugh at it, the four of us. We just sat there and laughed, but then it hit me that, you know what? That's what God intends for us as people of God to do, is to share with one another, to bear witness to one another. Because as I listened, I not only heard people asking how other relatives were that they hadn't seen in a long time, and wondering, catching up on their lives, but I heard people give witness to the one we were there to honor. I heard people give witness to the one we were there to say goodbye to. I heard stories of, of Granny and how she affected everybody's lives. And I learned just by listening, the woman touched a lot of lives and everyone was giving witness. Peter's addressing a church today and what he's saying in his, his writing today is he's addressing a group of people who through the power and grace of Jesus Christ have received their salvation. Christians. He's, he's addressing people like you and I. 
people like who were gathered in that house with me over the last 10 days, people who are in our lives who believe in Jesus, Peter is speaking to us. And what has happened in Peter's town is that there's an argument going on. There's an argument going on about the first and the second coming of Christ. The first coming of the Messiah and and when was the Perusia and and when will the second coming be and it's been several years since he died and rose again since he apparently appeared the first time and it's been several years and and our faith is weakening and and maybe that's not ever really going to happen. And so Peter felt compelled and empowered by the Holy Spirit to speak to the crowd of the people and say, hey, wait a minute, remember your faith journey. Remember who you are as people of God. Remember who you are as called people of God. How many of you would say you are called by God in your life? I mean, it's easy for me to raise my hand and those of us who are ordained, but each of you are called by God in your life. You're called to bear witness in whatever part of your life and wherever you are. Whether you're a school teacher, whether you're a doctor, whether you're a lawyer, whether you're a banker, whether you're a housewife, whatever you are, there was a time in your life when you were called to that. Do you remember that? There was a time in the life when you made a decision to go and be who it is you are in your life. And hopefully that was God calling you to go and influence the people that gather around you. Because we all have different different talents and different gifts to share with one another, to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And and Peter is saying, guys, what we're talking about isn't some great myth. Now, I heard lots of stories over the last 10 days. And I have lots of stories I could tell from the last 10 days. In fact, one of my relatives said, boy, you gained lots of sermon fodder this week, didn't you? And I said... I said, I was supposed to be at a minister's conference, but this is just as good, right? But what Peter is saying is, folks, you need to remember what's been written. You need to remember what's been written by the word of God about the coming of the Christ. Because we were witnesses to that. How many of us listen to the witnesses in our lives? It was a little awkward to be at the funeral because it was a Catholic mass and they didn't do a whole lot of granny storytelling like we do in our church. But in the house, we did a lot of granny storytelling. And some stories, I'm not sure are accurate or true, but they were good to hear. But when we talk about what God does in our lives, we need to tell the stories so that others can learn who God is. There are lots of younger people in our family who learned lots of things about Granny that they had no idea she had done in her life because we told the story. You see, Peter's telling his people, the story's been told to you, you don't need to forget the story. We were eyewitnesses. There are three accounts of the transfiguration of Jesus on the mountain with God. There are three accounts, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. They all speak of it, and then Peter talks about it in this letter. And he was on the mountain when God transfigured Jesus. Now, if you don't know what that means, that that means that God showed up on the mountain and Jesus' clothes became shining white. And as Peter was trying to figure out what he was going to do, how he was going to solve the situation with his two brothers who are sons of thunder, he was going to build, build 
um, temples for each, shelters for each person who appeared on the mountain. He was just flabbergasted. He didn't know what to say. God shut him up and said to him, this is my son whom I love. And in fact, one account will tell you the next statement was, listen to him. You see, Peter and James and John came down from the mountain with Jesus. And they came into the world to tell the story about what had happened. Some scholars will tell you that was the transfiguration not only of Jesus, it's the transfiguration of Peter. And that Peter began to lead from that moment on. Albeit not perfect, but he began to lead. I wonder if you can remember when you had a transfiguration in your life. That calling in your life. When God was so real and God is so present that you knew exactly what you're doing is of God. Because that's what God wants us to hold on to as we journey through life together. The understanding and the fulfilling of the prophecy, that which is written by those who God speaks through. Did you hear what I said? That which is written by those who God speaks through. It is not a man's story or some made-up story about the transfiguration of Jesus. That is God-inspired, Holy Spirit-empowered word for the humankind to learn who God is. Who God is as overlooking as the greatest creator of all about humanity. God looks upon Jesus on that mountain and says to Jesus and to the three that are with him, this, he claims him, he names him, he says, you are mine. And I love you. Every one of us who've experienced salvation through Jesus Christ, have had that moment of transfiguration where God claimed us and named us and said, You are mine, and with you I am well pleased. Peter's urging his people who believe in Jesus, do not forget that. Do not forget your salvation or do not forget your calling. Because wherever you go, you are a light among the darkness. A new dawn to a day, a new star shining in the night. We have to remember that wherever we walk in the world, that we give voice to the glory of God. That our actions speak about the love of God for humanity. That our words speak about the love of God for humanity. That everything we do as people who've been transfigured by God, we influence the world around us. One of my favorite relatives is an uncle. And I won't tell you everything that we call him. But we call him Uncle George. And we have a lot of other names for him. And he's this jovial, fun man who lives out southeast United States. And he heard we were living in the wonderful town of Paris, Texas. And he knows Paris, Texas. And he said, well, how do you like Paris, Texas? And of course, me, I just went on and talked about Paris, Texas, how good Paris, Texas, y'all pat yourselves on the back, how good Paris, Texas was, how good they take care of us in Paris, Texas, and what God is doing in the church. He said, well, how's the church in Paris, Texas? And I said, oh, you wouldn't believe what God's doing. The numbers are multiplying each week. We're, we're having a great ministry. We're working way outside the walls of the church. And I bragged and I bragged and I bragged and I bragged. And I almost thought I was bragging too much. 
And he said, that's amazing. That's amazing, Barry. I can't believe the work of God's doings in your life. And I realized I gave witness. I gave witness not about Barry and not about First Christian Church, Paris, Texas, and all of the fine folks from Paris, Texas. I was bearing witness in a house full of 70-something people about the work of God. And somewhere during that bearing of witness, I began to remember a calling, a calling of some 23 years ago when I knew God had placed God's hand upon our shoulder and said, this is where I want you to walk in life. And I began to think about all the things that God has done over 23 years. And, you know, I kind of got a little prideful, and I got a little boastful, and I just kept talking about it. And they said, well, tell me again, Uncle George said, tell me again where all you've been. That's amazing what God's done there. Where all have you been in your ministry? And I said, well, we spent 12 years in Pampa, Texas, and we spent 10 years in Amarillo, Texas. And, you know, and now we're in Paris, Texas, and who knows where that's going to go. And you know what he said to me? He said, Barry, you were the one I thought would never make it in ministry. In fact, he's so brash, he went ahead and said, in fact, I was pretty sure you wouldn't make it in ministry. You see, we have an opportunity to witness about the power of God in our lives wherever we go. We have an opportunity to speak truth into people's lives, not in a condemning way, but in a wonderful way where we can embrace them and tell them about how good God is and how important they are to God. Every person you encounter needs to hear from you in one way or another, whether it be voice or whether it be action, that you understand what the prophet said, that you understand what God is doing, that you know you have been called out by God to believe in the Savior and to accept your salvation. And everyone you encounter, whether it be through word or through action, should experience that love that you felt. There's not a person in your life that you should turn your back on. Now you can imagine in a family of 75 and 80 people gathered around, you would think there was lots of tension. You would think there would be this side of the family that doesn't like somebody or this side of the family that doesn't get any of y'all have families like that. Right? But I'm going to tell you, we gathered together around a woman who had one thing as a goal in her life, and that was to bear witness. She was our prayer warrior. She was the lady you turned to whenever your life was in struggle. She was a devout Catholic woman, and she has worn out more rosaries than you can imagine. In fact, we had a wonderful moment when we laid them all out on the table. And all the kids and grandkids got to pick their favorite rosary that Granny had held in her hand and had probably prayed over them with that rosary. You see, she bore witness to the world because of her love for others, because she had been loved by God. And she understood what it meant when the prophet spoke to the truth that he's coming again, that he had come and, he was, and, Jesus, and God had showed up at the cross and then God showed up again at the tomb, and Jesus rose again from the dead, and, and he's coming again. And she believed that with all of her heart, and she was willing to share that in the most meek and humble way you could ever imagine. And the family, for 10 days, got along. The whole family, for 10 days, got along out of love and respect for a witness that has been given to us over the years, that has led us when we needed leading, that has caught us when we have fallen, that has helped us up 
when we needed helped up, that has sustained us when we're before people speaking about the love of God. There's a witness in your life, and the witness is from the prophets beforehand who want to speak out, who have spoken through the word of God and have said to you and told you the story, and you're to absorb that story and let it fuel your life so that you can share with others. There's nothing greater than for a person who's in a situation to understand what it means to be loved by God and have the support of the gospel, the word of God, to share with others. Lots of people say say to me, they say, Barry, I don't know what to say when I'm in that situation. I don't know what to do when I'm in that situation. There's a book that we read every week that tells a story about a God who has been faithful from creation through resurrection and into modern day that will sustain us in everything we do. When Moses went up the mountain, God showed up. And Moses came down with the picture of love in his hand. And humanity distorted it. When Jesus went up on the mountain with his three disciples to pray, God showed up. And he transformed Jesus by claiming him and naming him and saying, You are mine, and with you I am pleased, and I love you. And he instructed all of the world to listen. You see, God never fails to show up when we need God. In everything we do, in everywhere we go, God empowers us. But we, as the people of God, have to listen to the witness. We have to draw on the witness that has come across our lives over the years and know that that witness will sustain us in the current time. Somebody has spoken love in your life. Somebody has spoken truth in your life, or you wouldn't be sitting where you are today. It's our responsibility to lean on that, to rest in God's precious word, to know that and believe in the epiphany God has shown us in our lives. It's almost time. In fact, this Wednesday, the season of epiphany ends. All those wonderful things that we've received, all those new experiences we've had over the last few weeks since Christmas. We're going to move into the season of Lent. And Wednesday night, we're going to gather in this place and we're going to confess and admit that we're human. That from dust we have come and to dust we shall return. That the real emphasis of our lives isn't what's here on earth but what's in eternity but we have to remember all the epiphanies let me ask you it's been almost two months since christmas do you remember the gift of christmas do you remember a gift from christmas do you remember what you received from a loved one for christmas or maybe i should ask it this way God loves you. And every year in December, we celebrate how much God loved us. And we spend six weeks learning how much more God loves us. The question is, 
Do we hear the witness? Are we willing to listen to the epiphanies in our lives and to be able to go forth and speak what we have heard? Father, open our ears that we might hear so others may know you. Amen and amen.